0: Good morning. Um, it is a great job in the announcements. Long job. I know, I have time to take a nap, thank you. Uh, anyway, um, my name is Dean, and I am grateful to God, first and foremost, for the very long relationship that the Lord has allowed us to have, my wife and I, to have with you guys this church, like Billy mentioned We've known each other a very long time. I actually have some pretty good stories you might be interested in, but before I go there, um, I've known Eric uh, for, and his wife for about 20 years. Um, Alan, when he was in high school, taught my wife and I some Spanish before we even went to Mexico. So I knew him as a, a young guy, um, and I'm just grateful. Also, I've interned with Vanessa and um, Alan, in mexico so i just just love this church we're grateful for the relationship that god has given us and allowing to partner with you guys so i just want to start off with that all right just one story can i okay okay so i'm running late to catch a plane to go to church and i know they keep it really cold so Denise, helped me pack. And we're in different rooms. And I yelled over, Denise, what what sweater should I bring? And without thinking, she just said, Bring your bring your Billy Ray sweater, and which is that cardigan thing. But, <laughs> did you notice the guy in uh, Ethiopia had that too? I was like, Wow. Okay. <laughs> so in a way, in the world, one in the world. yeah, <laughs> but. Billy Jen, we love you guys. We have tremendous respect. You guys were our go tos for parenting advice when our boys were younger. We were both in the three boy club. I've since dropped out, but um, yeah, that's a long story. So, anyway, let's get started. I want to divide this morning, our time this morning, into three parts. I want to start with the testimony of um, how we've got got into orphan care, and then I just want us to explore together what, God's, what God says in his word about the orphan. I'd like us to get into, get some insight as to God's heart for the orphan, because it's amazing. And then I'm going to conclude with a slideshow about the ranch. So as Billy mentioned, there's an information meeting afterward. This will help you make a decision if you wanna join that. So I'll start with our testimony. Um, I'll start in, okay, so I went to college in New Orleans, Louisiana, and it was early, early 91. I'd been out sailing all afternoon with some buddies, and we wanted to go get a beer at a bar. So we went to this bar, and I saw the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And anyway, long story short, she became my wife. So yes, I did pick her up at a bar. Um, I'm not not suggesting that to you young people for clarification, we weren't saved, but yeah. So we dated two years as non-believers and then the Lord saved us in 93 we dated two more years and got married in 95. But I remember as a new believer, a scripture that just hit me like a ton of brooks, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, which reads, you were not your own. You were bought with a price. And it hit me so hard because Denise and I had all these plans. We were going to open like a little art gallery. She's a a fine artist. And um, we had all these plans, but then I read that. And then we started praying, God, what do you want to do with us? And we continued to pray that for two years. But we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what God wanted us to do. So in our church, whenever they needed volunteers, we we volunteered like, oh, we need help in children's ministry. Let's do that. And that's we also served um single moms in our church. And by the way, just little tangent, well, an important tangent, that is a really big ministry that you guys can do here and now. I mean, helping single moms with yard work or fixing something. Uh, in their house, or cooking meals if they're sick, or picking their kid up from school. or There's lots of things that you could do to serve that fatherless child. Um, You can also consider fostering in your community. There's lots of things that you could do here in Midland. I also started street street witnessing, um, sharing the gospel, praying with folks, and all this was done in and through our church. One day our, our church, Lakeview Christian Center, uh, it's a Sovereign Grace Church in New Orleans. They were offering a, a class called Experiencing God, written by Henry Blackaby. Great course, I recommend it highly. Um, we took it and basically what we left with was, look around you to see where God is working and then join him. And that's exactly what we did. So our church, like you guys, was advertising at a um, advertising a missions trip to the interior of Mexico, and so uh, we we did that. We continued serving in the church for two years. Went on a our very first one week long mission, missions trip um, to the interior of Mexico, and it was there in a small remote village. We're talking everyone lived in like bamboo huts and thatched roofs and dirt floors, We every morning the, the team would have devotions. And that is um, where God called us to the field. Uh, what happened was they, um, they did a, an altar call, quote-unquote, for anybody that's called to go into ministry. Some people stood up, and then the pastor... Was that Keith that was leading that? Okay. Yeah, Keith is the pastor of Lakeview Christian Center. And then they, they made uh, an announcement. Is there anybody interested in foreign missions? And we stood up. But it wasn't until during this time of prayer before that, that the Lord was revealing my sin in light of his holiness. And it absolutely wrecked me. Um, so we, we really sensed that calling because at the end of that prayer time, I really sensed the Lord, even before they did this quote unquote altar call, even before that, I sensed the Lord saying, I want you to come and serve these pastors in the interior of Mexico. So our calling was confirmed by our church leadership and that summer in Mexico, we interned in Mexico just to get our feet wet. We went back to the United States. Denise finished her teaching contract. Our first born son was uh, born. And then we waited uh, So for the, the next summer. And we had this huge, <laughs> huge garage sale. And we packed up our old pickup truck. We had $55,000 in student loans. We had an infant, and we were crazy. So it kind of proves First Corinthians, <laughs> First Corinthians one, which basically says, "God uses the foolish." Um, that was us. So we served a pastor that worked in church planning in the interior of Mexico. And during that time, we saw some amazing things. I have personally witnessed over 4,000 people coming to the Lord. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's customary to pick somebody up on the road when you see them, because very few people had vehicles. And I picked this guy up, and we're about 30 kilometers out of town. And uh, he said, no, I said, what." What do you do? And he goes, oh, I'm a policeman. I was like, well, if you live in Tanqian, why are you working in Wen? And he goes, because I don't, there, he said there's this big group meeting one time, and then after that, the crime in the town stopped. And so they, there was five of us, they only left one police there, and then they let, you know, they moved the rest of them. And and then I got the opportunity to explain to him what happened. We used to have outdoor meetings, and so many people got saved. Crime virtually stopped in this town. Even the town drunk got saved. Even the witch's daughter got saved. It was... but it was rural. I have so much respect for my wife. If she wanted milk, she had to wait till she heard the man with the cow that walked down the road, his little cowbell, and then she'd run out with an empty two liter bottle and the guy would just start milking his cow and give it to her and then charge us. It was rural. (laughs) It was very rural. So, our, um, our pastor, Keith, from our home church always encouraged me. He goes, Dean, I want you to like pray and fast every six months for a few days and just make sure you are where God wants you to be because it's very easy, very easy in ministry to become complacent. So that's what I did. And it was during that, one of those times, of fasting, that God put it on our hearts to serve at an orphanage. And I was like, but for the purpose of training up and discipling the kids in the ways of Jesus Christ, not just to care for kids. And we're like, woo, that is way outside the box. We'd never, we were serving this pastor in Thang Kien, and then we got this calling to serve in an orphanage. We'd never been in an orphanage. We never, we don't even I mean, what do you, I don't, we knew nothing, you know, it's like we knew nothing about orphan care, and so I waited about a month before bringing it up to my wife, and then I waited an additional six weeks before bringing it up to my pastor, because I just thought it was pretty crazy, Um, and It was also there in Guadalajara. I was attending language school when this happened in Guadalajara, and our second son was born there, um, Jeremiah. Let's see. And with the involvement of our leadership team at our home church, uh, we started looking for various orphanages to serve in, and God was um, very much leading this we we believe because he was closing doors. And eventually, about a year later, the Lord opened one door to this orphanage in Guadalupe called Rancho 3M. And the founder director had been praying for 10 years for someone to continue this ministry. And so we talked on the phone, we prayed, and again, we had a Mexican-style garage sale, basically gave everything out, and loaded our pickup again, and drove three days through Mexico with an infant, a toddler, and a pregnant wife. So we had to make lots of stops. <laughs> they don't have rest stops like we do here, you know, the whole yeah wow so we started working um at rancho 3m on staff and the founder had us do all these different things that all the other staff do Um, we were asked to leave the kitchen though because uh, we kept on burning the rice but we did pretty much everything else That they did. And so we have been serving there for about 22 years. Um, And during that time, we have and continue to learn a lot about God's heart for the orphan. And so I want to transition into our second time together, our second theme today, and that is what is God's heart to the orphan? It's extensive. What, what God talks about in the words extensive, we're going to do a very, very condensed version. But I want to use this time not as just what does he say? I want my heart to be transformed into how he feels about orphans. I want to feel the same way. And and so that's, that's our prayer for... Um, That's our prayer for all of us uh, that I have. So let's transition into the second part. And do you guys stand when you read a verse? I mean, do you normally do that? Okay, then let's stand in the reading of God's word. If you have a Bible, please turn with me to Psalm 68, verse 5. Psalm 68, verse 5. And let's read. Father of the fatherless, because th- this is what God declares about Himself, right? Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in His holy habitation. You may be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, Father, we love you. We are so grateful for your word and this opportunity to gain insight from your word into your heart for the widow, the orphan, the sojourner. God, please help me. Help me convey your heart, God. Please be with us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, fathers, obviously, there's a lot of dads in here. We have many different responsibilities. um, And biblically, we are to provide, to protect, to love, and lead. As well as other things, right? So I just want to talk about the, the first three of those on how God provides and protects and, and loves his children. Uh, it is very obvious, very clear throughout all of Scripture that God does have a very special place in his heart for the widow, the orphan and the sojourner. I think we could all agree with that. So what, do, what does this group of people have in common? The, these three. Well, first of all, they're very vulnerable. They're vulnerable to exploitation and abuse. They are in need of assistance, as we see in Acts 6.1, uh, which goes hand in hand to the fact that they are disadvantaged. So God sees this group of people that are vulnerable and disadvantaged and has a real genuine heart for them. And as we'll see very soon, so much so that he has written into his laws ways to provide for them and protect them because God loves them and he wants us to do the same. He delights when he can care for the orphan by using his church, the body of Christ, to care for them. And we're going to look at that. So I'm just going to highlight a few passages um, and then give an example. Um, first, about how he provides for them. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 24:19 reads, when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf, in the field, you shall not go back into it. You shall be for the, it shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all of the work of your hand. Right? So, I, I, cannot tell you how many times we've had folks come partner with us, come serve us at the ranch and tell me when they're leaving, Dean, you know what? I really thought I was coming to bless you guys, but I'm the one leaving blessed. I mean, there's this one guy, uh, a friend of mine, and years ago, he made this pact or this vow that he was, whatever his tax return was, he was going to give it to the ranch. And the Lord grew his income. I'm not saying do that, to, but that's how God blessed him. I know this other couple years ago that gave a, uh, a single mom a car because she didn't have a car. And it was very difficult for her to drop her kid off at, war, at school and go to work. This couple gave her a vehicle, no charge. That couple, to this day, 20-something years later, has never had to purchase a vehicle. One was always given to them, donated, family members, probably 25 years, you know. So, God wants, it's just like the scripture says, uh, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. And he's doing that because you're providing for the orphan. When you beat, let's continue. um, When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over them again. It shall be for the sojourners, the fatherless, and the widow. Verse 20, verse 21. When you gather grapes in your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterwards. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this. He is building provision for the widow, the orphan, and the sojourner into his word. That's obviously important to him, you know. Um, He just doesn't make a sweeping command. Oh, help these people. He builds it into commands. And this is Deuteronomy 14:28. At the end of every 3 years you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your town. The Levites, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your town shall come and eat and be filled. That the Lord your God may bless you in all of the work of your hand that you do. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, talking about provision. This happened just last week and it involved somebody in your church. So Letty came into my office. Letty is the ranch manager. We'll hear about her in a minute. Oh, I get to speed up. Um, anyway, long story short, she came in. Dean, I have bad news. I know the finances are super bad right now, but we have to get the kids uniforms for school. It is federal law that all kids wear uniforms at school, um, up to high school. And I was like, how much? And she said, 1100, and I was like, okay, thanks. And she goes, but I need to know by tonight at six so I could tell the seamstress because she has to start today in order to have the kids' uniforms for literally tomorrow. Okay, and I was like, okay, so I'm going through my emails and I saw this email from a lady I never met before. Um, Was it a text or an email? Anyway, I communicated with this lady. We're talking on the phone. Long story short, it's a lady in San Angelo and she said, I raised some money in my church to get to help you with uniforms this year. And I'm like, wow, great. You know, I'm thinking a few hundred bucks or something. And I said, How much? And she said, eleven hundred. It's the exact same amount that Letty told me that we needed. You guys, I could spend the rest of the afternoon and evening talking about God's miraculous protection. Our oldest girl right now, she's in college. Um, she needed a special type of computer to to be able to. She's an engineering student she needed a powerful computer, and two families stepped up and bought it for her. So just provision after provision, and not only at the ranch. I've seen this at many different orphanages that I have visited. Now let's move into protection. As a father, we are to protect our children. So let's see how God deals with this. Um, In Jeremiah 32, Job, and other places in the Bible, it says, it is evil to wrong them. We are not to oppress them. God will be swift witness against those who oppress them. It's Micah 3.5. We are not to pervert the justice due them. Deuteronomy 24. And my favorite, do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. If you do and they cry out to me, I will, let's see, I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will be aroused and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives will become widows and your children fatherless. That's Exodus 22. That's pretty serious, right? I mean, wow. Again, God built in protection of the widow, orphan, sojourner into his word because it's important to him, because he has a real heart for this group of people. And I'll tell you, I don't know if all you guys knew this, but our area of Mexico, and this is not to discourage you from coming, because it happened 10 years ago, Um, in 2008, there was a very violent territorial war between the cartels. People usually refer to it as drug war, but it wasn't a drug war. It was a a territorial war. They were fighting over who controls what piece of land, um, because the U.S. apparently consumes a lot of drugs, and they want to be able to cross it. So during this war, literally, I personally counted, every single one of our mo- our closest neighbors that circled the ranch were either killed or fled. It was violent. The guy that we hired to weld our front gate, they waited till he was done, and then they put a bull in his head. And I will be careful. I just realized there's children in here. Sorry. Okay. I will, I'm sorry. I didn't, it didn't click until right now. Um, It was a very, very violent time. Every night you could hear constant machine gun fire. Um, So not one of our children, not one of our staff, not one visitor was hurt at all during these four years. Since then, it's been very calm because somebody won. And so, um, yeah, God's protection, incredible. Time of COVID, again, we had some staff get the virus. We've had some family members of staff die, but not one child got the virus. He protects them, and he also loves them. I mean, look at this, first and foremost, God shows His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5. He loves all, I mean, look at what He did on the cross. He loves us. His biggest demonstration of love for us is what He did on the cross. In addition, He rescued these kids that are at the ranch right now from some horrific situations stories that every single one of us would be crying if I started telling you. They are serious, um, but he loves them so much. He brought, rescued them, brought them into a safe place, but not only a safe place, but a place where they're hearing the gospel every single day. And many of them have gotten saved. You're talking about the nations. There's a number of pastors right now that grew up at the ranch, you know, Nacho Garcia has a growing church in Juarez. Alvaro, another guy that grew up with the orphanage, he's pastoring a growing church in a really poor part of, of Juarez. It is exciting for us to see. And since the ranch has been around for 50 something years, we get to see that fruit. Um, God also demonstrates his love to the children, to the staff and through the teams that come and serve with us. And I'll tell you, I'm gonna just just say a comment about teams. During COVID, we didn't have many at all, right? And it really made us realize how important teams play in the overall ministry by paying attention, lavishing love on the children, being used by God to care for and love on these children. It, it makes a difference. It really does. So we're just excited this virus is going away. And I look forward to, <clears throat> excuse me, seeing many of your faces uh, there again. Okay. Um, we could go on. But I'm just going to mention those three and read a few more. Because there's so many verses in the Bible about God's heart for the orphan. For example, Hosea 14.3. In God, the orphan finds mercy. He executes judgment for the fatherless, fatherless. Deuteronomy 10. He is their helper. Psalms 10. He upholds them. Psalms 146. He is their strong and will plead their case, cause, excuse me, Proverbs 23, and finally, he is their father, the father of the fatherless. God speaks about or- orphans, like I said, many times in the Bible, but probably the most familiar to most folks is James 1, which reads, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans, some virgins, I think they say to visit orphans, um, but here I'm using ESV, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So it's, it's a good thing to care for, to be used by God, to visit, love up on, um, look after, is a good thing. And again, this is God's heart. God, give me more of your heart. I'm just, again, so grateful for your church. I know we have been partnering with you guys for many years. We greatly appreciate Um, serving with you guys. I know there's some folks in here that have done a lot to serve the children. Um, You know, some of you financially give, some of you pray, and we don't take that lightly, and we really appreciate it. There are um, folks in this congregation that that really have a heart. Uh, I know you all do, but I'm saying that have have done a lot to help us. And I'm just saying thank you for that. I, I want to finish this section this time. Um, and Billy mentioned this early on, I believe, but God doesn't want us just to be hearers of the word, but doers. And that is in James 1, 27. And so I want to I close this section with a few things that we could take from what we just heard in God's word. And one, excuse me, is, I mentioned this earlier, we could look around this church, your community, your workplace, and befriend a widow if you don't already know one, and see how you could serve them. There are surely a number of widows in the community. Um, and be an instrument in other ways, be an instrument of God's provision for the orphan and the widow, um, by giving, helping them. Um, you can come visit the ranch and make a reality out of James 1 come down and serve with us. Teams make a big difference in the lives of the children. And uh, when we go in the next section, you're going to see that in one particular case. And then also, caring for, helping, single mothers care for their children. They are fatherless children. And um, I can Denise and I have a real heart for single parents. Every time I travel and I go home, she's like, "Wow, I just I, we need to pray for the single moms," you know. Um, because it's hard taking care of kids without help. All right, now we're going to transition. I think I'm going to have time. Uh, Transition into our third section, and this is a little slideshow update. Um, I will say for the folks online, I cannot legally show the photographs in... um, the photographs of the children cannot go online, so we are going to narrow the camera so that you can't see them, but we are here presenting slides of, of what I'm talking about. I apologize. I am also changing the names of the children that I refer to to protect their identity, and again, um, I need to do that. So. Um, okay, so let's start with the, the group photo, number four. There we go. All right, so we are a gospel-centered orphanage and school. We are located in northern Mexico, Guadalupe, to be exact. Um, we currently have, I believe, 42 children, Two of whom are special needs, and almost all of our children are wards of the state, and hence I can't put them online. Father of the fatherless is God in his holy habitation, as we read. And a brief history of the ranch um, there were two ladies, Irene Logston, Marietta Wilhelm, that uh, started the ranch. When they started getting it ready in 1969, they received their first children in March of 1970. And just so you have a visual of our location, we have that. It is only four hours away, driving the speed limit. (laughs) So um, the ranch had very humble beginnings. Uh, That is the original building That was purchased for $200. I have since tore it down, but that was it. The boys were on one side, the girls were on the other, the middle part of the horseshoe was everything else. Um, In 2001, Irene and Marietta passed the baton of leadership um, to me. She wanted to make it very public. And so that's what she wanted to do. Unfortunately, that was four days after 9-11. So no Americans were able to attend. This is a, a relatively current photo of the ranch done in 2000, it was done this year, but it was in winter. We wanted to change it because everything's green right now, but we didn't have time. Um, And this, I want to introduce my beautiful wife, Denise, the love of my life, and our uh, two girls that we are uh, fostering, Mary and Martha. And we just want to say, hello, Denise, love you, hey, girls, Um, they're viewing right now online in Mexico. Our mission is to rescue, care for, train up, and disciple at-risk and orphaned children. Oh, did, did I forget the family? All yeah. right, uh, Can you go back? Yeah. Sorry. So we just added this right before we came down. So this is our family, um, our little guys, and... The Mexican food? Menudo? No, oh, I know. Denise's dad is super tall. So, these are our biological boys and the girls we are fostering. Mary, Martha. Sorry. Okay, our mission, I just went, so I'm going to talk about each point real quick. Uh, rescuing, caring for, training up, discipling at risk and orphan children for God's glory. So, rescuing. Guys, we have now, uh, we, we have toddlers, we have babies at the ranch. We have a child who was literally delivered on a sidewalk by a mom high on heroin. And she had, I don't know, 16 days in the hospital to detox before we got her. And uh, the mom just left, like, she left the hospital. It's a very traumatic story. I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but it maybe maybe afterwards, we could have that, talk about that testimony. And then we're now receiving cases of more and more severe cases um, of children. Okay, this is the same child, you guys. On the right, the child is like gray, right? When they came, that was the first day she came. She was like, gray? And then this is her, you know, not long after that. Um, And so God rescues these children from horrific, horrific, because this is public, I can't tell you all this story, but perhaps afterward we could talk about that. All right, caring for them. The girls have a super cool home that is conducive to discipleship conducive to the sense of belonging like this is my home. They used to call them dorms and it was a very institutional type building and this was built and it serves them very well. Let me see. Okay, and then we have boys home, but this is still the institutional type. And so currently we do have a new home for them uh, being designed right now and so that is super exciting and of course we care for them by their grocery I mean feeding them the kids eat very well that was something important to the fo- the, the um, founder but it's become harder and harder with this insane inflation they also have fun activities that they do um, you know we have some trampolines and uh, a lot of fun activities like that and then there's a rec room which is this is really good for us because it's so windy uh, and the change of the seasons you guys know what it's like in the desert right it's very similar um, if it's too hot for the kids to play outside or if it occasionally rains they have a place to play um, inside all right as far as education, training up, in 2002, we started building a Christian school. They, the closest Christian school to us was probably 50 minutes to an hour away, which was not possible. And the schools in town were not just neutral. They were pretty much against God, they were made fun of because they're orphans and it wasn't a good situation. And so here's a group photo of uh, kindergarten through ninth grade, we currently have 225 students, um, most of which are from the war-torn outside community. Uh, We use top-of-the-line Spanish curriculum, which this is important to us because these kids are coming in to school disadvantaged in the first place. They're not playing on the same level field. So we've invested a lot into the school, into the curriculum, into training. Here's a graduation photo. And then the next one, training up in life skills, for eight years, I've been looking, trying to find a trade school, because not all of our kiddos are going to go to college, right? So I wanted to find a trade school. God answered our prayer, and this is like a traveling trade school. It's called Ikatesh, um, and they have like cooking classes, cooking uh, they they give these classes and then they give you certifications, which is val it 's a government issued government approved verification. If you take the course of being a bar- barista, you can go through all those to the orchestra um, they will you take this course, learn how to be a barista, and then you go into a coffee shop here 's my certificate. And the chance of them getting hired are substantially higher than a guy or girl that doesn't have that. We also have a orchestra. Oh, wait, no, there's gardening. Yeah, gardening in the desert class. That was fun. Uh, (laughs) And we do have um, the beginnings of an orchestra, which is really super awesome. And then discipling very important. Uh, We have nightly devotions, uh, church service. Oh, great news. We uh, recently made a formal uh, petition for a Sovereign Grace church plant in Guadalupe. And so we started the formal process of that and could really use your prayers for a pastor that is called to come and serve with us. Okay. Um, 54. Giving Bibles to new kids is one of our favorite things to do. Whenever we get new children or a child learns how to read well enough to receive a Bible, we let them pick pick it out. And then we present it to them at church. And of course, teaching the Word of God. And the children memorize a verse a week pertaining to that message. And also, we have morning devotions um, at school. And I have this amazing testimony. I'm not trying to sell, oversell this, but I do have a really great testimony about these brother and sister that got saved um, at school during these morning devotions and what happened to their family after. All right, we're going to transition to an update. Um, During COVID, we had 11 kids that were adopted from the ranch the first year of COVID. And this girl, Kate, yeah, okay, this girl, Kate, just follow, go with me, go with me. Uh, (laughs) um, She was one of them. And I, I am going to just tell you this testimony. It's too amazing to me. So this is a time of COVID. The, they would not allow the new parents to come and visit. So we had to do these Zoom calls for months for them to get to know their new parents. And Letty and I are not allowed to prompt the child at all. We cannot tell them what to say. We cannot, whatever. It's all them, right? And so these Zoom calls are the new parents, a DEEF uh, um, a okay, a, somebody like, like CPS in the United States, right? Uh, a representative from that DEEF uh, is on the call coordinating the call, and the child. So we're in the same room as the child, but we can't prompt. Before or after. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. And the reason for that is because they actually give a voice to the child if they have a certain age, okay? And they don't want us to influence the child um, about if they go with this family or not. So anyway, long story short, this other brother and sister group, Uh, were there, they're on the Zoom call with their new parents. It's the first time they met them. And the the moderator, uh, after the parents talked for a little while, said, um, Mary, do you have anything you'd like to share with your new parents? And the first thing she said is, are you guys Christian? First thing, she's maybe 10. And my middle son, Jeremiah, had um, um, prayed with her to become a Christian a couple years prior, okay? First thing she asked, and they gave this crazy answer, and I was like, no. And then this other girl that was pictured, uh, Kate, she, her, she was in the same room sitting next to him. And when The first two brother and sister were done with their new parents. It was her turn, and so she did the same thing. Right? She's a lot younger. She just followed suit, and she was like, because she she was she did pray to become a Christian, and she said, "Are you guys Christian?" And they gave this super long adult answer, and Letty and I looked at each other and was like, "They're nothing." I mean, they they're nothing. And like no religion. And so this continued for months, right? And the couple finally was allowed to come spend the day with the child and pick her up and take her home. And they were in the conference room filling out a mountain of paperwork. They were all done. They left, or they came into the front of the office and the the DEEF people said, Dean, is there anything you would like to say to the family? And I said, yes. I said, as you know, Kate's a Christian, and it would really bless her if she can continue going to church. And what we did is we found five churches in your community, in your area, that are good, in, in their city, that are that are good. And here's a list, names, address, phone numbers, and... The dad was standing, the mom was seated next to him, and I handed it to the dad, and the mom tore it out of his hands and excitedly looked, scanned through it, and she goes, this one's right by our house. And she was excited. And the guy said, yeah, you know what? Ever since Kate asked us that question, we've been talking about it and realized we need to know God. And so, check this out. Two years later, or a year and a half, one of our staff members drove through their city and stopped by to see her. And sure enough, they've been going to Christian church. And what is so compelling to me about this story is how God would use a little girl orphan to be a vehicle of a family hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is really cool. So, um, sorry, I'm going to move on. Okay, toddlers. We have toddlers. God has provided various staff, um, but also a reason for our financial situation at the time, because these guys are expensive. (laughs) They pee a lot. And they just, they use a lot of diapers, okay? It's like, come on, guys. We got to get a potty training system. I mean, really. And they, they've going up. The diapers, it's insane. I don't know how these young parents do it anymore. Um, okay, and then school during COVID. I got to move. Oh, okay, basically, we had to homeschool the kids. It was, you could go through these. Um, it was tough. This was one of our biggest challenges because eventually, first of all, I don't like kids wearing masks, but it's a law, so I have to comply. Um, but it was a very difficult time. We basically homeschooled these kids. We, the Guadalupe, we doesn't have the infrastructure, the internet infrastructure. Uh, like you might be used to. And so the teachers had to film themselves giving election, giving a lesson on WhatsApp, send it to us and a moderator, one of our caretakers would sit down with the whole class of that grade and go over it with them. I mean, it's, our kids got backed behind. I mean, they're still haven't gotten caught up. It was a very tragic thing. All right, so... But through the pandemic, though the pandemic did hinder our daily life substantially, as I know it did yours, the kingdom of God has not been hindered at all and continued to advance. Powerfully, here at the ranch, he is steadily at work and mightily conquering hearts um, and informing lives. And unfortunately, The, the, uh, I ran out of time. So maybe after in the meeting, but I had three testimonies of three ladies that, um, why don't you flip through real quick until the very, well, can you skip to 118? Okay. Anyway, cool testimony. So this lady, the ranch manager. She grew up at the ranch. She came when she was seven. We're not going to show photos on this. I'm just going to fly through it. She took care of another young lady named Valerie who came to the ranch when she's 11, who is now uh, married uh, with her own kids, and they, she still serves at the ranch. And both of them served this third girl that came, or uh, her name is Jeanette. When she came to the ranch at seven years old, her dad died. Mom couldn't take care of her. Um, and she's like 19 now. But just these three generations, the testimony on that, really powerful, really cool. But I'm going to close with Psalm 27:10. My time is out. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. You guys, thank you for helping us make that scripture a reality in the lives of these children. Um, So let's go to the next one. So if if you are interested in, um, if you feel God calling you to partner with us, some ways you can get more involved is really praying for I mean, maybe you saw a kid that God just put on your heart. You want to pray for that child. Um, prayer is important, and we don't take it lightly. So praying for us would be great, or praying for the team that's coming in December. Also, getting involved in the Christmas Christmas project that um, Heatherly and Josh can inform you on. Um, also about visiting with us, serving with us. Uh, I, I, you know, James 127. And um, that's very, very important. And also financially, you guys, I'll be honest, we had a mandatory increase in minimum wage. And it's a 400% increase in six years. And we're on our fourth year right now. And it's hurting bad so because of that and inflation and us expanding into caring for toddlers and um, that our expenses have gone up we're not like getting more stuff it's just these things are happening and um, so we could honestly honestly use the help Uh, the giving is pretty much the same as it it's been but because of these increased expenses we're going to have to have a serious meeting with the board about uh, about what to do because it, we're, we're in a difficult situation. Um, so if you want more information about the ranch, there's a little table just outside. And if you want to sponsor a child at the school, there's a QR code. You just snap it with your phone, make it really simple. It brings you right to the website. and um, yeah, so there's QR codes there, and there's some information on there, uh, on that table, so feel free to um, to take it. And so my final words are, the founder of the ranch used to always say, we can only say thank you, but it's God who repays. And so I want to leave with Thank you. Thank you for partnering with us all these years. We love and appreciate you guys.
1: Thank you so much, buddy. I want, I want to pray for you. Um, so Dean will share the testimonies that he didn't get to share this morning in the, during lunch. So please come and be with us uh, during the lunchtime. Would would what would be a, if if somebody wanted? So we give as a church family. We give monthly to Rancho 3M, so that you'll know that. But many of you give just just on your own to Rancho 3M. Is I, I mean any giving I'm sure is appreciated. But,
0: any I mean we're talking ten dollars.
1: Yeah. So Anything. would would just a a gift to a general fund for Rancho 3M versus supporting a child so that they can you get say a little bit of what if they want to support a child what does that look like
0: um, there's the school scholarship program on the website and that would support their entire education and there's kids not only from the ranch on that but from the needy war-torn community in Guadalupe as well um, so, yeah.
1: and then, But if they want a designated baby fund or, you know, stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay, that's super helpful. That's super helpful. We want to pray for Dean. Please come and have lunch with us. Um, so just a thought that really comes back to all of our doorsteps. Um, and Eric, Eric led us in this song. There was a lyric. Did you notice we sang a lyric today that said um, that we were orphaned in the fall? All of us. There's not one of us who, who know Jesus Christ in this room who shouldn't have an awareness of what it means to be an orphan. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, we became orphans separated from God. And we needed God to send his own son so that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that, that we could be adopted and loved with the very same love that God has for Jesus Christ. It's, it's our story, isn't it? I mean, this is so, marriage is a depiction of the gospel. Adoption is a picture of the gospel. Orphan care is such a picture of the gospel. And that's why I want to thank you. You have, you have done so much to help me open my eyes. I, I'm, I was blind to so many of these things, you know. So I'm just forever grateful for your friendship and gospel example. Like uh, and I think we as a church family feel the same way, you know. So... Could you stand with me, and let's, let's pray for Dean and, and Rancho 3M. Oh, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you're so passionate about making yourself known. Lord, we're so passionate that the heavens declare the glory of God. We're so thankful for that. But they, as, as much as they would declare that you exist, they're silent. They cannot tell us what you're like. And we're so thankful that you sent your Son so that we could have a beautiful understanding, not just that you exist, but what you're like. You're a savior of sinners. You restore the broken. You you give families to the orphan. You give spiritual fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters and gospel grandparents. and Lord, thank you for showing us what you're like in, in Jesus. And then thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for putting people in our lives that show us what Jesus is like. People like Dean and Denise Adebeck. Lord, we, we all just, we, we share in Dean's heart today. Lord, if, if, your, if your heart is passionate about the orphan, please make ours the same way. That's our prayer request, Lord. Oh, we love you. We ask your blessing upon Rancho 3M. God, with all these, these, these elements of government imposition of 400% minimum wage increases and just all of the political shenanigans that go on, Lord, uh, please, God, we know you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And God, we pray that just as you've done generation by generation, how you provide for the orphan. But we know you want to do that through your people, not not just through miracles. We thank you for miracles. But, Lord, please help us be a part of those miracles. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for adopting us. Lord, we want to just thank you for adopting us and counting us as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. And now, Lord, please help us. Would Would you call us and mobilize us into the mission and ministry? that is so dear to your heart we pray you bless dean and denise god with your unexplainable grace and strength to continue shining the light of jesus christ in guadalupe mexico and beyond we ask these things for your glory in jesus name amen amen